So we don't name specifically because on that, but pray for salvations of people that you know maybe have come to mind already. Your neighbors, they're not in church. I noticed in going through my neighborhood this morning that, and of course you never know, a lot of people are at home. And no pe- not, a lot of people are not coming into the church. Pray for their salvation. In the morning when I go past them, and I'll pray a lot of times, Lord, bring salvation to each house that I've passed. And I'm as praying for each one. It's my way of praying for the neighborhood, for the community. Be in prayer for them also. Your ministry also, Leslie, is going to uh, increase also. It's be anticipation. Yeah, that's going to increase. There, there's something great that's happening. And these things and your encounters with these new neighbors, they're going to really, there's going to be great and wonderful manifestation of the Spirit's power and what you've been asking for for a long time. Your witness also is very much shining into your family and those around you that need salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Also, the other thing is, is be, be ready because a lot of times when the Lord, we pray and pray, because it's a relationship with Jesus. But a lot of times he'll do something entirely different than what we're praying for. Just be aware and have your eyes of your hearts open, ready to receive and ready to step forth because he'll do that. He's looking for servants who will step out in faith, children, and we're children. He never leaves us powerless when he calls us to do that. He always supplies. Be confident in what God is doing in the earth today. He's raised up an army, okay? We're in perilous times. And we see even in this country today, a lot of people say, well, things are going pretty good. Hadn't they stabled out, stabilized? No, they haven't. We're still in a major, major confrontation with the spirits of darkness. And yet the light of Jesus overcomes if we'll be faithful. Thank you, Father, for this day. And thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you for each and every one. The healings that are needed here today, we pray in the name of Jesus. We named them before your throne. We pray for those that are traveling. We know some people are traveling today. We ask you to be with them, cover them. We pray, Lord, today for complete res- just complete restoration of those who have experienced this flood. And, uh, dear God, one way or another, we just ask you. We ask you, Lord, today to bless the people in Ecuador as a result of the, of the earthquake in Japan. And dear God, those things that we see happening in the earth today, we ask for restoration. We pray that people would turn to the Lord. And we pray today our hearts would be given over to you fully. We realize it's all by grace. It's nothing we can earn. But dear God, we step out in faith and we believe our Father. And we stand upon the truths and the word of God. Father, today impart those things even now as Lynette and others are teaching. Dear God, to our young people and dear Lord, you speak in this service. And we thank you and praise you. We lift up the name of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Turn to Psalm 115. We've been talking about worship. We'll just look at three verses here in Psalm 115. In uh, the first three verses, one through three. Where's God and all this stuff we see happening today, the tragedies? We see today all the things that are happening in the earth today. We see the floods. We see the, the, the earthquakes in Ecuador. We see the, uh, the earthquakes there in Japan. We see, obviously, sickness here, Darth, uh, and all the ones we've asked for healing for, for Jessica, Rex, obviously. Where is God in all of this? We want to talk about that today. Psalm 115. Not to us, God, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your faithful love and because of your truth. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in heaven, 
and he does whatever he pleases. But the second verse, where is their God? You see, people today are looking at you and me, and they're looking to see how we respond to some of the tragedies in life. Whether we'll give God the glory, whether or not, as we talked about in the past two weeks, if we'll worship the Lord regardless of our circumstances, because you see, God hasn't changed. God is the same. And, and really, when you know the Spirit of God is working in your life, it's because when you see it happening, you, you can praise Him, you can thank Him. Not necessarily for the things that happen, but you can thank Him that He is God. Because He's worthy of honor and all the praise and thanksgiving. And you can thank Him through those things. So you know God is working if you can do that in the tragedies of life because you see God is right there with us in the midst of these things that are happening here. No other God is like that. All gods are distant. The word is deistic. It's because they're distant. They're not involved in the affairs of humankind. But our God is. Our God is involved in every aspect of your life and my life. He doesn't cause it because God is good and God is good all the time. And Satan is bad. And evil, and he's bad and evil all the time. But yet we see we've been li- we've been left in this world, and there's a battle that's raging today. And God is looking to you and me, obviously here in the life of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, to certainly manifest what God desires to do in the earth today. May your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know His will's being done perfectly in heaven, and we're asking, dear God, to bring it down to earth. Let your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. And we desire that today, don't we? We desire that God do that today because we see sometimes just the opposite of that. You see today, we don't give up. We believe because you see, we are looking at things from a spiritual eyesight point of view, not from the natural. If we looked at the natural today, we could get very depressed. But I refuse to look at it from a natural standpoint. I look through spiritual eyes and I see my God gives me hope to be able to go through these perilous times that we're facing today. And I want to tell you, they are perilous. There are things that are happening today. There are people today that are against God. They want to set you and me up for whatever it may be for a catastrophe and all so that they can kind of mock and say where is his God where is her God where is he in all of these things that are happening the flood that took place there God could stop it if he wanted to and yes he could but he's allowed things to happen in the earth today so that we will draw close to him obviously their purposes not that he caused it but he can turn it for our good if we allow him to do that And so if you profess to be a follower of Christ, you'll find yourself in troublesome times. Obviously, you may. You may have a friend that's in troublesome times. You may see that their health questions, their particular challenges are what we have here. And I want to tell you, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way. Drawing close to Him in these times. Not drawing away or getting angry with God. I believe that more people are angry with God than what you realize today. Even the church house. The people are angry with God about it. Down deep, they'd never say it because they'd go, oh my goodness, God's going to come down on me again if I recognize it. But a lot of people are not free and understanding that God is good. And God didn't cause this stuff. We have an enemy, a real enemy, and he is bent on destruction for us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and he'll do everything to try to get us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ. He will do everything in his power. Because if he can do that, even in Christians' lives today, he's won part of the battle anyway. 
Not the victory. Jesus has the victory. And if you're in Christ, then you have the victory. But we see that happening. Where is their God is the question I'm sure people are asking today. And they're looking at your life and my life to determine and see how we respond to these catastrophes in life. And so I want to look at it in several scriptures. You'd like to turn along with me. But I want to look at it because we know uh, throughout Scripture, Jesus in His Word demonstrates, obviously, exactly what we are to do in the midst of the storm. In Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 39, or 35, start with there, please. Because He is in the eye of the storm. Where is He? He's right in the eye of the storm. He was right there with those people that experienced this flood this past week. And in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, look at it. On that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. And so they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. And other boats were with him. And a fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him and said to him, teacher... Don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Do you still have no faith? He's looking at it. The boat was getting ready to fill up with water. And we th- they thought they were getting ready to sink. Jesus was sleeping there in the stern of the boat. He was completely at peace here. And I want to tell you, sometimes that's the way life is. We sometimes feel like, boy, the waves are coming over the bow. Our boat is getting ready to go under. And sometimes the bills, financially it may be. Sometimes the health problems that we have. Sometimes it's just that life is filled with uncertainty. And we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know that Jesus is with us. And we know that no matter what this world throws our way, That we're a child of of the King. We're a child of God. You know that you belong to Jesus. And though the winds are blowing and the waves are crashing in, you're focused upon the Lord. You know that your hope and your trust is in Him. You know that there is a reason for the storm and that God's going to work it all out if we'll hang in there. You know that you have a refuge in the midst of the storm. His name is Jesus here. Now, a lot of people may mock you for that. And they may say, yeah, but it doesn't look like he's turning things around. It doesn't look like he's really doing what you've been asking him. You've been praying for years for the salvation of maybe that family member. It doesn't look like that anything is happening. And yet God says, yes, it is. He heard you the first time you called out to him. And he began to put things into action. He began to employ what he needed to do. For that person to come to salvation today. And that's the way it is from all standpoints. Don't give up. Don't give up because we know God's going to do something. But people will say as a result of that, where is your God here? And obviously you can tell him he's right in the eye of the storm. He's right there. You know, the one thing about this particular scripture is, is that the disciples there, they went and got Jesus there. They didn't know exactly who he was. They called him teacher in one translation here. And yet they went to Jesus, so there was something in their hearts in saying, this man has performed miracles, we know where to turn. And we go up, they went in there and and got him up and said, Lord, 
Don't you care about it? We're getting ready to go under here. And that's the way it is in our lives too. And it may be the faint cry of our heart as we ask Jesus for help. But don't you know that God responds to the cry of his children today? Don't you know that he'll never turn away? That he'll obviously come in and either make a way through that storm or he'll calm the storm one or the other? Down deep in our hearts we say, Jim, I don't have the faith that I should have, but I believe Jesus is Lord. Then that's the faith you need. God will build on that faith if you'll step out and believe him. And when things happen in your life, my life, if I reach out to him, believe it. Because God's going to respond to you and me. And I don't care what the circumstance is. Because we all face different circumstances. And this is what was happening. And, and yet sometimes we in our own lives will say, where is God? Where is he at in all of these things? Boy, that's one tragedy sometimes after another. In Matthew chapter 8. But the men marveled saying, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey them. And obviously, let your critics know. That you can trust Jesus to see us through the storms in life. Because he has the power to control all of our circumstances. Where is God? He's in the eye of the storm. But also the second thing is, is he's on the top of the mountain. If you'll look at Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. You know the story. Abraham taking his only son up on the mountain. Genesis chapter 22, verse 11. You remember what happened? He waited for so long for this son. God said, go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son, your only son. And Abraham was going to do what God told him to do. And he lifted the knife... And he was getting ready to certainly plunge it into his son. But in verse 11, look at what it says. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. And then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. You know the story. That Abraham, they waited a long time for a son. And here he was asking him to go up and sacrifice his only son. God had already told him he was going to make the nations like the numerous as the stars there. He'd already told him. Don't you know in Abraham's mind he thought, God, how are you going to do this? You're getting ready to my son. You've already promised to me that you would make the nations as numerous as the stars. And how are you going to do this if I sacrifice my son? But I'm going to be obedient to you. Don't you know in our lives today, when something sometimes changes our course, when something in life changes in us, I don't care what it is, in some way or another, we go, God, how are you going to accomplish this now? How are you going to do this? Because you've already changed courses here. This looks impossible. And yet in spite of that, what do we do? We are obedient to the Lord. And what happens when we're obedient to the Lord? is that we see the miracles of God. We see that God can do anything. We see today that God is right there on the top of the mountain. He is right there with us all the way. And sometimes maybe God is testing our faith 
for us to continue to walk with Him. He tests us. He sees whether or not we're willing to do whatever He tells, tells us to do. Say whatever He tells us to do. Go, say or whatever to go wherever He wants us to go. We see today that God is faithful. And the Bible says even when we're faithless, He's faithful. We see that Abraham was willing to be obedient even to the point of getting ready to sacrifice his only begotten, his only son. But you know what? You know, in the scriptures record this, he said, well, if, if I slay him, then God can raise him back up again. He believed God for that. And, you know, symbolically there, certainly of Jesus, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus didn't know it all. He knew he was going to die for the sins of all mankind, but he knew that he would be in the grave there. He knew, obviously, the word of God. And he knew that, and in spite of it, he trusted his father, and his father raised him up on the third day. He was alive. He's alive forevermore. And so we see today, we do things today, why? It's because somehow thinking that we can explain it all? No, but because we trust our God. Because no matter what happens in your life and my life, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ and you're born again of the Spirit of the Lord, is that we know that our God is trustworthy. Now, I don't understand things and I sometimes don't like it. But I don't have to like it. I just have to trust God. God is there with us. He's right there on the mountaintop. He's right there. And it could be, again, that he wants us to witness to our neighbor. He may want us to witness to our co-workers, whatever it may be. And the burden he's placed on your heart, if you're obedient to the Lord, you'll see the power of God displayed. We've got to step out because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him without faith and believing God. And I believe God for great things for Lighthouse Fellowship. And I believe God for great things in the body of Christ today. Can I have an amen? I believe it. I believe it today. And you say, yeah, but revival hasn't taken place. This nation looks like it's continuing to go the opposite way. We have, obviously, the politicians today. And let me tell you, I was watching one of the Robertson boys, you know, from Louisiana down here. They've got all his hair and they, the long beard and, and they've got this bandana this, uh, around his head and everything and all. But have you ever listened to them talk? They love Jesus. They love Jesus, and I'm looking, Lord, you certainly package your love in a real, real strange way. But if you listen to them, they're very smart, and yet they're just down-to-earth people. And I love being around down-to-earth people, don't you? And let me tell you, he was talking about it today, about the politicians and what's going on. And he told the interviewer, he said, you know, uh, I don't understand all this political process. And it seemed real confusing to me, but he said, let me tell you something. I'm determined to work it out, to research it, and find out about this. Because the guy asked, he said, you know how people are elected today? And you know, it's confusing. You've got the broker's convention. You've got all this stuff. You've got double delegates. You've got all this stuff. I don't understand it, this Robertson man said. But he said, I'm going to see it through. And I'm, gonna, I'm determined to be able to learn what's going on here today. It's the same way with us. We don't understand the things in life today. But I'm determined to continue on walking with Jesus no matter where he leads me and wherever he leads his church today. And I want to tell you now that God's going to work it out because he is faithful. He's trustworthy. Even on the mountaintops where we see that. We step out in faith and believe that. You know, remember that he, he didn't stop Abraham till the very last minute here. 
But God knew every step of obedience that Abraham had took, and he blessed him for it. And don't forget that God sees your obedience today. He sees your faithfulness, and we are to trust in him. And when the time is right, he'll provide for you and me as well. When the time is right, the healing that you've been asking for, maybe a a particular breakthrough that you've been asking for, when you and I step out in his time, he's going to answer that, and there'll be a breakthrough that comes. In Psalm 121, we know this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I look to the Lord because he's right there on the mountaintop. But you see, he's also in the heart of the fire. Look at Daniel chapter 3, if you would, please. Daniel chapter 3. Oh, I love this. Don't you love the word of God? Amen. Don't you love it? All these things have been given for our exhortation, for building us up in Christ. Remember what happened here. It's actually uh, chapter 3, I'm sorry. Chapter 3 of Daniel, verse 24 through 26. Look at this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 24, jumped up in alarm, and he said to his advisors, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty. They replied to the king, and he exclaimed, Look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace and the blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, You servants of the Most High God, come out. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And when the satraps and and perfects and governors and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on their bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. You all know the story. They were trying to get these men to take up, uh, eat the, the bad food. They'd already made a vow they weren't going to do that. And so we see here, they said, okay, you're not going to bow down to the king. You're not going to obey him. Then we're going to put you in the fiery furnace. And they threw him, threw him into the fiery furnace, and they said that actually the fire was, was horribly hot. People getting near it were killed, just getting near it. And the king looked, and he said, didn't we throw the three Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire? Yes, we did. Well, I see a fourth person in there. And it was Jesus with them, okay? And that obviously got the old king's attention. He said, get them out of there because they're walking around in the fire. Don't you know, have you ever thought about it? You think this is just type of fairy tale. This is not. This actually happened. This is truth. And so they brought them out and all, and... All they saw was is the bindings on their hands were burned off. That was the only thing. There wasn't anything else in, in there. Don't you know that's going to get somebody's attention? And the bindings of the things of our lives, God burns off because he wants us free. Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. And so the bindings are the only things. The bondages that we were in, the guilt and shame of sin, Jesus' blood washes us and asks God to cleanse us in his blood. And he said, well, these guys are fine here, you know. And obviously it got the old king's 
attention because he wasn't a believer there. And what does it say? It said they didn't even have, the, the hair was not singed, and they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Let me tell you today, I can go into Rudy's Barbecue up here, and I can walk in, and I can walk out, and I smell like a smoke pit. But these people were in the fire, and they weren't even, didn't have the smell of smoke or any of that. Don't you know that's a miracle today? You see, where is God in all this? He's in the heart of the fire. When things are getting so bad, when the fire is turned up in your life and my life, God is right there in the fire with them. Don't you know that that's good news, church? That's good to know. And when we go through the bad times and the good times, mountaintops, whatever it may be, when we're called to sacrifice something, it may be something you want, just don't want to give up in your life. And God said, I'm going to give you the grace to be able to release it if you'll just allow me because I want to set you free. Why did he come? Because he came to set the captive free. And so often we as Christians, we go right back into bondage to things. And God is saying, no, I came to set you free. I sent Jesus for that. I paid the penalty. And sometimes people can't even say, you know, I know God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. You know how many people I talk to over my lifetime too in ministry? They say, I can't forgive myself. God is saying that he wants us to be free. You know, several months ago, Saeed Abenadini was released from imprisonment in Iran. He had converted to Christianity from Islam and had dedicated his life to furthering the gospel as a Christian pastor. And there for those years, he was in that uh, prison in Iran for preaching Christ. He was not just held hostage and arrested on false charges there. He was. And he was separated from his family. He suffered great physical harm here. And sometimes probably some of his Muslim captors said, where's your God in all this? Well, now he's free. He's free. And in God's timing, we'll see the hand of God move. But he wants to know, do we have faith to believe him even when our circumstances look like they're going the opposite way? He's right there in the fiery furnace of your life and my life. The next thing is he's actually in the deepest of valleys. Y'all know Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In the deepest of valleys, Jesus is the good shepherd, and we're his sheep. And the shepherd loves his sheep. And his sheep, obviously, are completely dependent upon the shepherd. The Bible says he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. That's how much he loves people. He leaves the 99 and he goes over and gets that one over there. It may be your family member. It may be somehow you think that, well, God, have you heard my prayer? And I know you love us, but it doesn't maybe look like you're doing anything in my family's life. Believe it today that God is working in that family member's life and that he is listening to you as you cry out. Because the most important thing in your life and my life is salvation. Life is fleeting. It's very quick, like a mist, like a vapor today. And salvation is certainly the most important thing that happens in your life and my life. Believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Realizing today that we have an eternal home with Jesus Christ in His glory. When we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. We go into His presence. And then we'll go, oh Lord, I understand it all now. And once we, we see through a 
glass darkly, but then we'll see him as he is. Then we'll have an understanding today like we've never known before. And we'll say, Lord, maybe what took you so long. I thank you, Lord, for this glorious place. Oh, but in the valleys, we sometimes want to just back up. And we want to say, oh, where, what's going on here, Lord? And people look at you and say, where is their God? Where is it? God is saying today, in the midst of times of losses, you may have lost a loved one. You may face, again, challenges here and there. But as we cry out to him, he's in the valleys of life. He's right there with us. Amen. The next thing is, he is in the whisper of the wind in 1 Kings 19. Remember what happened? Elijah was getting ready to be taken out. And remember, Elisha was saying that, Lord, I want to see and I want a double portion of your anointing. I need to know that with confidence. I have the anointing that my, obviously, mentor, Elijah, has. So he said, if I, can I have that? And the Lord said, yes, if you see him when I've taken him out on the chariots. And Elisha saw God take Elijah out. And he said, okay, he got a double portion of his anointing. All these things were happening there at that particular time. And obviously, behold the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire, and after the fire, the still, small voice. Don't you know? When you know down in your heart, and God quickens your spirit to be able to say, Oh, I know God's with me. And that still, small voice, that impression upon your heart, and maybe it may turn you, and it may bring tears, or it may just bring a sort of an exaltation of just joy in your life, and you just begin to sing to Him, or you begin to look to Him. You can feel that your heart is beginning to refocus upon the Lord, and that's in that still, small voice, that still, small impression that the Holy Spirit of God does at the right time and the right way. He's right there in that still, small voice, in that quietness. We get quiet before Him. We get into the Word of God, and God kind of speaks to us. You know, those impressions. We need to pay attention to those impressions, too. I'm not saying every impression is from the Lord, but I'm saying as we learn and grow to hear God speak, He'll never contradict His Word. But he speaks today. He's still speaking today. He doesn't have to add to Scripture, obviously. But we know he speaks. Read the Word of God. And sometimes something jumps off the, the pages of the Word of God that you never have seen before. It's God's Spirit revealing that truth to your heart. And he knows what you need and what I need. And as we walk with him day by day, we know that God is there in that small whisper down deep, and he's here with us today. God is in this place today. And it's not about whether or not I sometimes articulate a sermon well, although I prepare, certainly, and I pray, and I know you do also. But it's what God says to your spirit man and what he says to my spirit man. God is here with us. God is with you in the midst of that storm. Obviously, when he says in Hebrews 13, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said that. And maybe in John 14, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The world may see your struggles, but they don't hear the whisper here. And when they ask you, where is your God here? You can tell them. He's in the whisper of the wind. God wants to show himself 
mighty and strong and powerful. Now, how do we get to a place? Sometimes we're like, Lord, I don't want to ask you for too much because I just asked you something a moment ago. (laughs) Don't you know God loves to hear his children call out to him? And the one thing we need in the church today and your life and my life, and that is the power of God. We need the power of God. You say, you're getting fanatical here and you're getting a little too extreme. No, you can't get too extreme with God. God is so great and so majestic. We need the power of God to return to the church today. And we're asking for the power of God. I ask for the power of God before I speak. I ask for the power of God to come and fill this place. During the week when I walk through these aisles, nobody's here. I ask for God's power to be displayed here on Sunday morning when we gather. And at other times this church gathers here. And we know obviously there in 2 Kings chapter 2, you don't have to turn to it. But what was happening here was that again, Elisha was needing the power of God here. And he was standing there at a crossroads because his mentor was leaving him. And he said, he made this statement. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Now, Elijah, remember, was the prophet. Had defeated the Baals, the prophets of Baal, up there on the mountaintop. Remember, he'd seen the power of God. And remember what happened? He came down and Jezebel came against him and said, you know what, you just defeated all of my prophets, and I'm going to have you dead before this day is over. And he ran and hid. So Elijah had a roller coaster ride, but yet he was a prophet of God. He spoke God's heart, and he spoke accurately, 100% accurate. But Elisha was saying, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is he? Where is he here? And he cried out here. And what he was saying here when he, t- he cried out to the Lord is, is he wanted to know the power of God Elijah had experienced. And we want to know the power of God to experience it the way God desires. Even when we look at the scriptures and these stories, when we see God doing magnificent and wonderful things, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He's right here with us today. And he waits for you and I to cry out, to get desperate and say, I cannot do this, God, but you can. And I must have your power in my life. I must have your power in my church, in in my workplace, in my ministry, whatever it may be. I need your power in my life. I cannot overcome this mountain without your power. That's what Elisha was saying. He knew he needed the power of God. And you see, God's power hasn't gone into retirement. You know, some people will say, well, you know, dispensationalism is called. Actually, they're saying, well, all these things ceased when obviously the church was established and, and all that's happened and all that, we, we don't need that anymore. Oh, yes, we do. I need the power of God. I pray that you understand that and you'll cry out to God for the power of God in the situation that you're in today. And then you'll know. You'll be able to say that God's in the midst of the things that we see happening today, the tragedies today, that God is still alive. God is still on his throne and he's looking for his people to turn to him and recognize our total dependency upon him. That we can't do it without him. We cannot at all. We still have an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who's still on his throne and who still can stop the rain and heal the sick and raise the dead. He can still do this today. And God can still save that cold-hearted person who doesn't give God a second thought. God can still save our neighbors who are not in church today hearing the word of God. God can still heal the children today that it breaks my heart. 
To see, they don't know anything about God. They've never heard who Jesus is. These here have. And others that God has brought our way. They're hearing about Jesus. Right there is enough to celebrate for the rest of my life. Amen? Amen. Right there. With these that are here today. He also meant when he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He meant it that he wanted to know the God Elijah knew. You know, sometimes we sing songs and they're about God. But I love to sing to God. Oh, Lord, how God, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How, Lord, our God, I sing to the Lord. We sing about God and we learn theologically and all those things about God. But I love to sing to the Lord, to the heart of God today. And you see, Elisha wanted to know the same God that Elijah knew. And Elijah knew the power of God. And obviously, instead of praying, obviously, in the sense here, even... For more people necessarily, why not pray for the spiritual growth of the ones that we have? Pray for one another. Pray for those that God presents to you. Don't despise the day of small things. Thank you, Lord, for the day of small things. But we are asking for greater things because we haven't seen the end of this thing. And before this thing is over with, let me tell you today. There's going to be a, certainly a great harvest, I believe, before Jesus comes back again. There's going to be revival to the church today. There's going to be awakening. And you've read about awakenings back with Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. You've seen things happen today. And you know today people may not understand it. I don't have to understand the things of God. All I have to know is, God, is this you? And if he says yes, then let's go, God. Let's go. Saddle up your horses. Get ready to ride. Get ready to go. Be ready for God in this time of great and wonderful things that are happening here. As long as he had Elijah around, made it evident that the Lord was alive. He's alive and he's doing great things. But also, he wanted to know and have the faith that Elijah had. He asked for a double portion. He believed God. And the only way to have that is through fasting and prayer. Through seeking the Lord. Spending that time crying out to him. We saw the movie War Room here several weeks ago. And there was something that that wife who was losing her husband actually. And she didn't know what to do. Because everything she said obviously was probably going to rub him the wrong way. But what she do finally from that elderly lady who had been in her prayer closet. And taught her about crying out in intercessory prayer. And they prayed. And she got in there in her closet. And put some scriptures up on the wall and her closet got quiet. And the reason why the prayer closet is so you get quiet and still before the Lord to hear the Lord speak. And she wrote down her scriptures and she prayed for her husband, for her family, and all those other things that God led her to pray for. And God answered. You see today, God answers prayer. And God is about doing the things that we, if we call out to him, he'll change our hearts. He'll change us in the direction he wants us to be. But we've got to begin by getting in our prayer closet and crying out to him for the power of God, to know God, and also for the faith that God wants to certainly supply us. Psalm 81, I love it. He says, open wide your mouth and I'll fill it. And he's not talking about physically here necessarily. He's talking about your heart. Open your heart wide and I'll fill you up. But we've got to open our hearts today because I believe today we're on the, the edge of great things that are happening. In fact, they're happening even as we speak. God is saying today that great things are happening across the body of Christ. And do we want to be a part of it? Do we want to follow? Do we want to know Jesus in that matter? God is right with us and God is here. 
And he's not going to leave us today. I don't want, obviously, to just go through the motions. I don't want to somehow we just kind of, well, we go along and get along. I don't want to draw back. I don't want to become apathetic. I don't want to sometimes get all focused from that one thing that we seek, the one thing we ask as we gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and we seek Him in His temple. I don't want to get away from that today because really, I want to tell you something. There's nothing more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ and my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're so easily drawn off track here. And I believe we're right at the beginning of a great harvest that's being reaped. But there'll be strong spiritual warfare. Don't give up. And don't give in. Your God will see you through. The Bible says in John chapter 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled, but trust in God and trust also in me. He says, In my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'll come back and receive you unto myself that you may be where I am also. What's he say to begin with? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. The bottom line is what we talk about Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, day by day by day is to trust God. Oh, there are lots of things happening. If you look at some of the pictures of what happened there in throughout the city, houses underwater, cars underwater, families tearing the carpet out. They're going to have to probably replace sheetrock. They're going to have to dry it out. They've got fans in there. If you see that, it's devastating. If you look at the pictures in Ecuador, they're on the eastern coast of those big slabs of concrete, everything came down. And what, 700 or whatever dead that they know of? And they haven't found everybody yet. They've got to dig out. They've got to rebuild. They've got to obviously come back the way we know that they desire. If you look at what happened in Japan, when there's devastation that takes place, There's a tendency for those who mock our God to say, where is their God? Why do all these things happen? It's because we know as Christians that we live in a fallen world. And we know that there'll be destruction. We know that probably there'll be more persecution of Christians in the days and months and years ahead than we've seen in our past history. There seems to be that that's beginning to inch up. Can you see it? Can you see today that there may be, obviously, even more and more saying, where is their God? And there'll be those who reject what you and I believe in with all of our hearts. That Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. I heard people when I was working hospice say all types of things that I've told you over the years. Many of them would say, Jim, you believe in your God, Jesus. And I believe in my God. But they all lead together on the same path. That's what they tell me. And I go, no, it's not the same path. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And it's through faith and believing in what he did. He took and he died for us. He took our sins and he bore our sins. That we would know him. And that we would have a relationship with him. The only God... And any type of religion 
in relationship with Jesus Christ. The only one. But we may be mocked. Because people will say, where's your God when this happens? You say you believe in God. Do you really? The question is today, do you believe in God? Are you trusting him? It doesn't make any difference what comes our way. Is the Lord doesn't change. And he wants us, his church, his children, we know him, if you know him. To come and give our hearts and lives to him. To know that no matter where he sends you, and no matter what he does in your life and my life or allows to happen, then nothing can snatch me out of the hands of God Almighty. And I'm a child of the Lord. I'm a child of Jesus, my Father in heaven. And I know that this life is going to throw very difficult things at us. I mean, you name it. Because we're in a war. Oh, it's very real. But I know who has the victory. And I know as I abide in Christ and he abides in me, that I have the victory also. We're just the branches there. And we're grafted into the vine. Jesus, his life-giving power that he'll give you and me. And so I'm saying, Lord, today, give me power. Give me your power. I want to know you, and I want to walk with you in a deep, intimate love for you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God. And then, obviously, I want to have faith. Faith that's pleasing. Faith that won't give up. When the fire's turned up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what they said before they went into the fiery furnace? They said, our God will deliver us. But what'd they say? But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down to you. We're going to continue to trust in our God. Our God will deliver us. Our God will do this. But even if he doesn't, we're going to trust in him. There's a song out by Laura Daigle, contemporary Christian. He says, basically the words say, uh, if you don't move the mountain when I need it to move. He says that the next verse is, the next uh, little blurb is, is that even if you don't part the waters so I can walk through, even if you don't answer my prayers, as I cry out to you. And then she says. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. That's what he's looking for people. And so as we pray for one another. As we pray for this country. We pray for this city. We pray for our churches. The body of Christ. We have many here. And as I mentioned on the bulletin. Take that. And, and mention them before God. Watch what happens to people. Don't give up. God hears us. And he responds when we totally are dependent upon him. Because I want to tell you today, if God doesn't do it, and we don't have an awakening in this country called the United States of America, then I don't know what's going to happen. People say $19 trillion is no problem. That's, you know, let's just keep spending. You and I were brought up probably in the old school. <laughs> Uh, you just did, you know, some of us maybe sometimes we get into little issues there, but we realize the truth is 
You can't spend what you don't take in. And that's what we're doing to a magnified degree. And we see that we've slipped further and further. Why? It's because we're not trusting in God. We've turned away from God. But you and I, we know the truth. And we need to turn to him. He's always faithful. As we look to our Father. In Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you today. You're right in the eye of the storm. You're on the mountaintop. You're in the fire. You're in a small whisper. You're right here. You're here now, and I thank you. We don't despise the day of small things. We're asking for greater. We need your power, and we ask for your power. I ask you to bless every person in this church this day. Bless them an outpouring of your blessings. Healing, whatever it may be. Strength, just power. They would be able to walk with you. And dear Lord, we ask you to change our hearts. Because we want to be more like Jesus. We thank you for saying He came. He's our Savior. And our Lord. We ask today would be the day you just open your heart. And say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me. I need to be saved. I need to know that. That when I die, I go to heaven. To be in glory land with you. If there be anyone here just needs a fresh awakening in their heart ask the Lord for that awakening we ask that to happen maybe it's just they we need to return we're not quite we want to be closer that's all of our prayers dear God we want to draw close to you so dear God by your spirit we ask you to do that thank you for what you're doing here at Lighthouse Fellowship we ask you to do for even greater things as we praise you it's in Jesus name we pray amen